You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Outdoor Edge in their complete lineup of knives and game processing kits. These guys right now are doing an absolutely huge giveaway where you could win an elk hunt. And not just any elk hunt, we're talking about a seven or eight mile horseback ride into the backcountry. We're talking a one-on-one guided hunt. You're going to be sleeping in a wall tent, and you're going to be doing that for five days with the founder and CEO of Outdoor Edge, David Block. Now, if you've never been on an elk hunt before, I'm telling you right now, go sign up for this because if you ever hear a elk bugle, whether it's at 400 yards or it's at 40 yards, it is a life-changing experience. So here's how you enter. Go to OutdoorEdge.com. There's going to be a big banner for it somewhere on their homepage. All you have to do is click on that. Go fill out some information. I think your name, your email address, maybe some other stuff. And that's all you have to do. That's how you are entered. They're going to be picking a winner oh, a ways from now. So you have plenty of time to enter. Go visit OutdoorEdge.com. Sign up today. And if you decide to purchase any products from the website, enter the discount code NATION30. That's the word NATION with the number 30 after that. No spaces. NATION30. And you will receive 30% off your purchase. Welcome to the Land and Legacy Podcast. We're your hosts, Adam Keith. And Matt Dye. This is your number one resource for all things land. If you're interested in conservation, habitat management, hunting strategy, and rural real estate, this is the podcast for you. All right. Welcome back, guys. Land and Legs Podcast. Adam here. Matt is here. A little stuffy nose, I think, from being outside a little bit too much this weekend, but I don't regret one minute of it. So, what is today? Today the is 20th? the 20th of so, September. So, this podcast will drop on the 22nd. Um, yep. And... Almost... I guess a week. A week. Well, roughly a week of season's been opened up. So, the way this season will work is it'll be like week one, week two, week three. 
So much. Uh, we can give updates. Um, I can give updates on how little I've been. Um, but, uh, yeah, so week one of bow season, and that's what we're going to give you guys some updates because uh, you and Chad and even me and Seth have been on some big deer. Yep. Um, and kind of a lot of observations to be made uh, that we'll share as kind of uh, hopefully some educational stuff. And then just not only is it educational, hopefully, to you guys, our listeners, but also to us as it occurred, like, oh, huh, that's that's a good point. Let's let's make sure we mention that in the next podcast. A lot of a lot of like reminder points, I think. You know, like when the first time you go to the to the stand, you're like, what did I forget? Like, I knew I yeah. forget something. There's so many little gadgets and gears and whatnot. Here, I was like, oh crap, what was that? I forgot. Yeah, but these are kind of like the if you are the finer detail points of don't forget to be observing these things in the tree because yeah it will help you it will yeah. definitely help you there there are things that you could easily overlook and miss if you're not paying close enough attention because they reveal so much useful information to be a better woodsman i think in general for sure uh, we talk about a lot woodsmanship is a lot more important than gear in a lot of instances. Learning how so, to run a trail camera or do this, do that. You've got to be able to find sign and then figure out what to do with that sign. Like, what does that sign mean? Yeah. Um, before we kick it off, yeah. uh, shout out to one of our sp- uh, partners to make this podcast possible, Vortex Optics. Uh, I know we're decked out in Vortex Optics. Oh, yeah. Look at that Gear. shirt. Gear. Cool. Uh, shirt. Uh, I think, what's the legacy... Uh, code for discounts. Legacy, Legacy 20. twenty for 20% off on the Vortex yep. shop uh, clothing. There's a pile of shirts. You wouldn't think it from a uh, company that makes optics, but they've got some great gear. I don't remember the name of it, but that long sleeve olive shirt button down deal. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you weren't yet, but it is like one of the most breathable, nice shirts I've gotten in a long time. Like, I love this thing. Very, yeah. very, really nice shirt. And again, I wasn't expecting it from an optics company, but the apparel line um, is is awesome. Promo code Legacy Twenty VortexOptics.com. Oh man! So as we jump into uh, bow season, twenty twenty. Yep. I got. I got to admit something real quick. Okay. We'll pro- hopefully, with all, all, all said and done, hopefully, Chad will harvest a deer tonight. Yeah. I mean, kind of complete one story where it got brewing with this encounter. Or at least, if he doesn't kill it, the story we, we will can, be complete either way. <laughs> yeah, pretty Swing much. Swing and a miss or pretty much. give pretty up. Much. Or alfalfa gets cut and yeah. patterns change, this and yeah. that. But he's on a big deer. He got a little frustrated last night. Climb out of the stand. Cows interfered with stuff. And I got back and I was driving home. I was like, Matt, stop being dumb. It's a deer. Yeah. You just had two nights in a row that you were able to see this beautiful deer. Mm -hmm. Great, great deer. And observe it. And it was beautiful outside. And you're complaining. Just stop it. Like, you got out last night. Um, mm-hmm. With Seth, didn't have a chance to kill anything. Um, this was your first set 
out filming. Yep. And I, I don't know if you felt the same thing. It's like because we both had really good shot opportunities. There were big deer coming to the fields, this and that. There's good good chances. But like, you know, go home empty handed, it's like, oh, a little bit of a bummer. But I had that like gut check. Thankfully, early on, it's like, man, you're such a whiner. Don't complain about being able to go out and sit and have a beautiful landscape, scenery, sunset to enjoy in a in a tree. Like, don't be a whiner, Matt. It's just kind of one of those like, well, just put it into, put I it. I had into a little bit of a. I guess the other side of that, because I haven't been going. Yeah. And so you know, I talked to my wife and. Your your wife was going to be – she was planning on coming over, yep. and it worked out well. And my wife had, text, uh, had asked me, and she's like, are you planning on going hunting tonight? And I'm like, if you're cool with it, I'd love to go. Yeah. And I so then it was like, okay, where's my time best spent? Do I go to the farm and hunt myself? Do I take my dad? Do I go to Lebanon and hunt with you guys? Right, right. And you're like, Seth's going. He's going to the 360 buffet. I said, and I'll I was like, there. do I have a camera? Does he have a cameraman? <laughs> nope. All right, I'll call Seth. That's yeah. where it's yeah. best spent. Not right. make him try to self film and so and then, and then you be trying to you be playing boy no like you you're trying to like figure out a pattern to go to to yeah. self film as well yeah it's when like, he's already got it figured out there's qu- yeah so I'm exactly. like all right our 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 best our best uh, or my best time is spent filming Seth yep and so I'm like all right and we get up in the tree wind was a little squirrely and Seth when isn't it it's just like. <laughs> Yeah, especially when it says anything out of the east, it's like it's going to be swirly. Yeah. And it was very swirly. And he's like, "I'm, uh, this sucks. I'm, I, I want to get down. Let's just, I'm thinking about getting, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I kind of like look at him like, you couldn't drag me out of this tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It has been, uh, this yeah. is the first hunt, and you think I'm going to call it short? Like, yeah. the wind isn't really that bad. Where do the Where do the deer come from? And it's like, well, they pretty much come from, this way everything's south and i'm like so what if we cut the corner off over here like yeah. there's a good chance they're gonna come from the clear cut anyway yeah let's just let's just tone it down and just yeah. let me enjoy it please <laughs> don't take this away from me and i said and, and uh, plus yeah. we're gonna you know let's put these ozonics on uh boost mode and let's just see what happens and i mean heck when you're running two of them right you can get away with anything <laughs> Forget the wind. So it was like, let's just see what happens. Yeah. Um. And and then I asked him where the where do the bucks come from, and he's kind of like, oh, they're coming from over there and there. Occasionally come from this way. I was like, man, we're good. Let's yeah, just right. let's just do it. Let's just ride the storm. And yep. and as the evening progressed, the the wind w- switched out of a northeast to more of an east, and it was totally fine. Right. Uh, right. And I'll tell on that story a little later. Um. So yeah, I was like. You know, I, I've kind of lived vicariously through you, you guys. You cut my hunt short, I'll cut your neck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't drive all the way here on the first night to film you climbing down two yeah. hours before dark, exactly. buddy. Um, and so, uh, uh, basically, we we enjoyed it. But I've been like listening to you guys and getting the updates from 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 your guys's hunts and just like, well, this is the season of life for me. Whatever. Um, it is what it is, but, um, well, and that's the thing. I, I had the discussion with Chad, um, and my wife, but it's, it's like, like the first two nights I wouldn't film Seth because it's like, as a, as a team, that's the best 
that is the best chance right now that we're all looking at yeah. to, to get something killed to be able to share with everyone who's listening and just to document and have fun and showcase what it is, all these things, uh, um, what, what you know, what the end goal is, uh, showing the caliber of deer, getting on film, doing all this stuff. Like, that's the best shot. So then Chad, well, what, I guess it was Thursday night, we were talking through the group text or whatever. He put eyes on a really good one. So I was like, well, shoot. Like, that deer's on a pattern. That property he's hunting, you better strike quick. We've learned that. Again, there's a whole other podcast getting ready to be devoted to that. But it's like, well, that's the next best shot. Let's go up there and try and figure out. So, like, you haven't hunted. You haven't taken a bow stand. I haven't taken a bow stand. But it's just like, man, getting out there is still fun. Regardless of what it is you're actually doing, those opportunities then to learn and carry on conversations like we're going to have right now in the podcast of what deer do, what does that mean? Again, you don't have to be the one holding the bow or whatever to enjoy that. There's so much stuff to learn every single time you're in a tree. That's right. That's right. And, you know, there was just – it was good to be back for me. Um, And I found myself – you know, I made that – I think it was last week on the podcast talking about you know what this fall is going to look like for me um and how I'm trying to be off my phone and unfortunately I was off my phone for an hour and 15 minutes service was a little spotty deer got in on the food plot got us covered up and I'm like Can't okay really I'm filming and then I'm like I need to check my phone just see what time it is and then I had text from my wife saying she was going to take my youngest newborn to the e- ER I was just like my wife was texting me because she was obviously here yeah. helping babysit, and I got the text. And I'm like, "Son of a gun!" Like the first stinking night, because I and I knew that you should have had service on that that um, yeah. food plot. It was but like waves. Yeah, it's sometimes it's very hit or miss. I'm like, "Son of a gun!" I, I hope I hope he can at least know and figure out. But ugh, it's yeah. just that's luck of the draw. But daughter's fine. Yep. And I guess false alarm. They don't really know what it was, but. Anyway, she's fine. Everybody's good, but it's like the first night out for me. It was like, and that's why we have to move closer to the farm. And that's why the dream is to live on the farm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then it's just like, do 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 out the window or something. I'm like, sound, oh. Sound the cymbals. Okay, I heard it. I heard the emergency horn. Better yep. head back. Yep. Um, regardless of cell service, I heard that. Yep, I um, heard that. And so... <laughs> Just life is a funny thing right now. It is. Um, and anyway, so you know, let's let's go back to opening night. Deer, deer behavior. Yeah, opening night. So went with Seth to the same property that you filmed him last night. Yeah. Um, great property. Um, throws a lot of things, kind of, if you will, like the those old wise tales and whatnot. Like just kind of out of the window. It's just it's just a cool property um, with what he's seen, observed, hunted. Um, but basically, we went to a very, like what what I would call, the perfect early season setup. It's a very low intrusion food plot. We had a perfect wind for it. Um, it sits just off of a north slope that is very shaded, um, very thick cover, uh, tons of spice bush on this slope, and it is like it's just dense and cool. I noticed. 
the spice bushes, the little berries are uh-huh. everywhere, everywhere right now. They are everywhere. Yeah. And yeah. I and when I saw them, I was like, "Ooh, fire needs to hit this." Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's like adjacent to the food plot, and then the food plot itself, smaller sized, but it's got alfalfa in it, drilled in, um, and he's got brassicas coming up in it. Not a ton, but it is a perfect combination of covers adjacent close to north slope shaded foods couple quick steps away here's an opportunity he had a good deer on camera relatively frequent on that food plot and um does and fawns and smaller bucks in there too it's like hey let's just start right there let's minimize intrusion and and we'll kind of hunt our way into the property and 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 the, the way this food plot or the way this farm sets up is you enter from one way and it's, and it's the only, like only way. You drive to the top of the hill, food plot. Yep. Drive through the food plot, and it's just the way this property sets up. Yep. Like, um, because of it, ownership, it, yeah. he can't, you know, there's there's better ways to lay out food plots. Um, but the way this one sets up is uh, you drive through the first food plot, and then you keep driving, yep. and then there's the big food plot. And, uh, and then you drive through that and go all the way to the back, and there's another food plot. Yep. Um, and I, I think this is great, you know, as we talk about observing first, hunting second, when it comes to going in, um, more conservatively is you guys hunted the first food plot yep. because he's showing up there. And then as the next day rolled around, I was like, Hey, he didn't show up. Let me go. And this is Seth. Let yeah. me go pull a camera or a couple cameras deeper into that, into the property Larger on the second food yep. plot, or on the second food plot, on the second food plot. Yep. Larger food plot, more destination type. Um, again, cover really good cover adjacent to that um, food plot. Big clear cut. Big. I think it's a, I think it's a forty acre clear cut. Yikes. Um, but yeah, big cut right there next to it, and um, again alpha alpha food plot with some brassica blends. Anyhow, that. Seem to be where a lot more deer were frequenting. Again, it's a destination food plot, early season, very summertime-like pattern still. Um, some acorns dropping, but that still is just the food source. So anyhow, the first night, that deer didn't show up. We had five, six does and fawns within 30 yards pretty much the whole evening. Great hunt. It was fun. Um, thought we got to see a little bit of benefit, honestly, from the Ozonics we were running. Yeah. Like, we had deer downwind for sure. Nothing, like, blew out. We never got, like, blown at. Mm-hmm. And it was like, that deer's acting a little weird, but it cannot figure this thing out. Like, it's downwind, but it, it's just, like, slightly on edge. Two minutes later, went back to feeding. Stayed in the food plot the whole time. And it was, like, very interesting. Okay. So, the next night, weren't planning on hunting because it, it got a little warm the second day of season. And we had cooler yeah. temperatures coming in, like, Friday, Saturday. But Seth Seth called at, like, noon the second day. He's like, dude, they're in here. We need to get in here. I've got three or four goodens on this food plot, and they're here. Can you hunt tonight? I'm like, well, maybe. Let me, let me check everything. Uh, we get in there and hunt that night. Kind of, he hunted this cedar tree, but we're way up in it. Great, great cover, um, but it kind of sits on the edge of food plot. We were pretty much sacrificing a little sliver of the plot where the wind was going to be blowing to 
really hunt this great pinch that you guys then saw deer kind of move through in and around. Um, but anyhow, we hunted this food plot that we saw 25, maybe close to 30 deer, but really probably 25 deer. It was this perfect transition though of does and fawns, 4.30 to 5 o'clock started filtering in, trickling in, little doe groups, and here came young bucks just right after that, pretty much on their heels. As closer to dark, here comes a couple two-and-a-half-year-olds. Yep. Last 15, 20 minutes, boom, here's here's a three-and-a-half-year-old. Here comes another two-and-a-half-year-old out. And it was just like this overall observational sit of, and this is the way deer naturally should work into a food plot. And I know I'll let you talk about what you saw, and then we'll kind of get into the finer points of the way all these deer worked, let's say, together and communicated Mm -hmm. what was happening with each one. But it was this, again, perfect transition of deer working as deer normally would. For sure. It was really, like, refreshing to see that early season but I'll let you go ahead and talk about what you yeah, saw. Yeah, so we went back into the same exact uh, spot that you just described, and set up in a different spot. We set up in a in a in a permanent tree stand. Yeah, we were on, in saddles. You were in cedar. saddles yep. in a cedar, kind of on the edge of the field, on the southeast part of the field. While Seth and I hunted the north central part of the yeah, field yeah. in uh, hang on tree stands. Right. Um, now. Uh, one thing I'll, I'll, I'll add piggyback to what I like about this food plot and what I've always liked about this food plot is there's always options. Oh, there's a ton. It's, it's got, um, you know, this, this food plot <laughs> has, it's what, roughly four acres, yeah. something like that. Yeah. And it's three acres of alfalfa that's got wheat <laughs> and bless you. Excuse me. Uh, it's got wheat. And uh, that wag wheat's getting to me. Yeah. Uh, it's got wheat and some brassicas drilled into the alfalfa, but yep. then it's got uh, more of the annual brassicas, some kind of test, uh, some test Plot. mixes. Yeah. Try not to give too much away in this, uh, in this part of the field that's, uh, you know, it's it's got several types of brassicas. It's got radishes, uh, different radishes, and yep. and uh, some cereal grains. And so, if a deer is, you know, in as uh, as the evenings, I'm sure it worked for you. But I noticed that when you hunted it three nights before I did, or yep. when you filmed there with Seth, you noticed that more deer were on the brassicas. They filtered in and came through the alfalfa. Fed heavy, but they all were headed, not beeline, but in a pretty distinct pattern. Boom! I'm going to go hit brassicas, but I'm, going to, I'm moving through alfalfa first, and I got to stay and kind of set up shop a little bit. And the brassicas fed there for an hour or so, and it, at by the end of the night, they all filtered back out and into the alfalfa. So for us, it was like they came out on the south side of the field. They worked pretty quickly across the alfalfa, hit the brassicas, stayed in the brassicas for a while, and then bounced into the alfalfa and yep. spent a majority of the evening yep. on the alfalfa wheat combination, mm-hmm. which it's like, you know, based on those two hunts and the observations, you go, well, which one's more attractive? Depends on the night. 
depends on the scenario. I, I think it depends um, on a lot. You know, uh, we we love alfalfa. Oh yeah. Um, for a lot of reasons. Um, but be, be, take deer out of the equation. I still love alfalfa. Yeah, but yeah. it is one hundred percent, especially now, uh, an extremely attractive forage, and it's been dry. I mean, it's been very, very dry. We had a couple bucks spar. Mm-hmm. Bop. Yep. I mean, they got after it pretty hardcore. Awesome. I mean, they both of them ears back, yeah. hair stood up. Yeah. And they slammed in, and when they hit, it was like poof, a little dust cloud, and yeah. then they started pushing each other around, and dust. it just got super dusty. Yep. I mean, it, it is it is dry, but that alfalfa is green. Yeah. I mean, it is it's still doing really good, and it does so like slight comparison here to me it it. With this dryness, it is doing far better browse tolerance-wise than any white clover that I've seen. Yep. And so, like, there's a time and place 100% for alfalfa. And I think with high deer numbers and its browsing capabilities, alfalfa is extremely strong contender when it comes to conditions like we're having right now. Yes, it is. And, and, and so we watched... You know, when we went in, the wind was supposed to be east. It was slightly northeast, and it shifted to east later on. Um, very similar observations. First deer on the field, two fawns, then a young buck, and then lots of doe family groups. Yep. Um, and then some young bucks mixed in. And then as a, as it got later, two-year-olds, then a three-year-old, then another three-year-old. Um Another buck that could have been, you know, Seth says he's got a history with it, possibly. Yeah. Didn't really know for sure, but looked three to me, but he thinks it could be four. Um, but that was like one of the last deer on the field. And it's just like, okay, now we wait because the next deer is supposed to be the mature deer. <laughs> and he yeah. didn't show before dark. Now, yeah. Yeah. I'm guessing based on, you know, the way this – farm sets up at some point during the night he makes it there oh yeah and uh it's just always a question does he make it here before dark Mm -hmm. does he go feed and feed on acorns somewhere in the woods before he gets to this plot meanders around quite a bit before he just lollygags because that food plot doesn't move it ain't going anywhere but but you know what is there a lot and i think compare contrast a little bit and i don't know when you guys by the time darkness fell did you was the field full or had there been some deer that filtered out? I think there had been some deer that had filtered out, but they've been replaced by other deer. I would gotcha. say it was at peak peak level, peak numbers that we saw. There's probably 20 25 deer. Yeah. Um well, and, and and here's that that I guess kind of route I was going with. The night we hunted, deer numbers starting to fade. So those mature bucks Again, social stress and pressure and just their tendencies, they're probably not going to be in a field full, yeah. like full, full, 30 deer in it and, and, and four acres Yep. way before light. Like, let them feed, do their thing, filter back out, boom, here they come. Yeah. And you guys, by the time last night fell, had quite a bit cooler night. Did you get chilly at all? Did you ever get no? No, didn't. no. We had a we had a pretty it was good breeze. No breeze. You didn't have a breeze. Gotcha. No, we had a breeze and and uh, Chad's like, ooh, I probably could have thrown on that other layer. Like I I'm I got a little chilly right there, but um, 
it was much, much cooler, and I think those deer probably stayed there and fed a little bit longer compared to what, what we had seen. But getting getting more into like the observations of the the finer points, it is always amazing to me when watching deer, and it's tough sometimes in like timber country, but if you're hunting field edges, food plots, crop fields, pastures, any type of opening where you can see numerous deer, they tell you like everything you need to know. 100%. They're keen in awareness from their eyesight, from their hearing, from their nose, way better than ours. Totally. So I don't, I don't like scan food plot edges more than I watch the deer in the food plot. And I don't watch them like in amazement, like, oh gosh, look at them. They're just so cool. They're so pretty. I'm just watching them for them to tell me what's coming. What's coming. What's happening next. When you, th- when anybody who's taking a young kid knows that young kids are like their heads on a, on a swivel, like, it scans. They they're looking constantly. And every time they see one, they their, point their hand, exactly. Their hand goes up like, "There's one over there." <laughs> yeah. And uh, if so you know what you're looking, deer do the same thing. That, they're they're like constantly looking. And so, I think if you're sitting on a field, like last night, we're sitting on this field, and it's easy to be like, "Okay, where's the big buck? I'm gonna see. I'm gonna spot him." And I'm gonna get ready, and I keep I can scan to my left, scan to my right, and do all that. When you, there's deer on the field, just watch the deer, because they'll yeah. tell you 100 percent if anything's coming. Think about humans. Like the, the, think the, about me and you. Yeah. Now, I can't. I have a. I don't. I I can't hear very well. Um, what? Yeah. Huh. Uh, I have very good eyesight and mediocre sense of smell. You. What is which? Uh, what do you think you hear better than you see? Which one's best? Because I've hunted with people who their sense of smell is incredible. They'll be like, "I can smell the deer; he's dead over there." And it's just like, "How do you smell it?" Nah, like, that's I not can't me. smell anything. I'm probably hearing and eyesight would would be would be my best. Yeah, and so like each person's different. A deer, they're keyed up on all of them. Uh, oh. Yeah, far far better than because than we they're are. surviving. Oh, absolutely! And so, if you watch a deer in a field, head goes up. They're looking around. They can see a lot better in uh, like behind them, around them, in front of them. Two hundred when we're pretty degree. much tunnel vision yeah. in front of us. Yeah, the, 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 the eyes are on the side of their head, right? Yeah. So they can see far more. And even when their head is down, their eyes fix to keep basically an awareness about them, and they're not just looking dead straight at the ground. But they're looking up, still, and it's incredible. But but the the point is like, if you if you're watching multiple deer in a field, they're gonna hear that twig snap farther away than we are. They're gonna yep. they're gonna either smell a deer coming and they're gonna put their head up, or if there's if there's let's just say there's ten in a field watching and feeding, three four maybe maybe five will throw their head up. And just look in a general direction. Yep. To me, I don't need to look in that general direction. I'll just say, hey, we got another deer coming. Like, it's yep. it's going to happen. Or they catch the, – the other thing, too, is whether they hear it, they smell it. Like, last night, it was, like, pretty obvious. Okay, 
they can smell a deer coming because yeah. they're southeast yeah. of where they're they're Majority southeast of, of where they're looking and so and the winds for, coming from the northeast they smell something yeah and they throw their heads up and they look and it's like they stand there and stare and stare and stare until they put eyes on it mm-hmm. and then it's like they put their head down and then a few seconds later deer appears on the edge of the field yep. it's like they heard they smelled they did something they put their eyes on it they confirmed then they Calm went right back, back to, down and then, doing. boom, deer steps out. Yep. And how many times do we set, uh, like, looking almost like a paranoid druggie, like, well, well, well where's that? Where, what's that? I hear something. When you could just watch the, watch the deer and watch their behavior, because we had something else happen last night that well, I haven't even mentioned yet. Whole group of deer threw their head up. There was, like, six of them, family group. Threw their heads up. Front one jumps the electric fence. Goes into the brush, stands there 10 yards off the field. The others go to the edge, and they're all kind of like looking. That wasn't a deer. We never saw what it was, but mm-hmm. it was most likely a coyote, hmm. a bobcat, something. And then yeah. they stood there and stared, and then they calmed back down and went back out in the food plot. Yeah. It's like they saw something they didn't like. and But deer in and out all night, coming in, chill, but still looking. And here's the other thing, too. You can almost tell what sex the deer is before they enter the field. Young buck, if he is alert because he hears another deer, smells it, identifies it, and he starts to walk away from where that deer is coming into, it's like, hmm, that might be a bigger deer. That might be a two and a half year old. That might be somebody that might whoop him. Look at that. There's one. There's a bigger, hey, there's a bigger deer over here. Like, you can just simply watch that behavior and have some just general knowledge of the way deer interact with each other. Yeah. And you're going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to you, – you certainly don't have to move like crazy and be scanning, 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 throwing binos up and down. Because when you have a ton of deer in the field, how many eyes are out there? There's a ton. And there's when no you way – 25-plus deer it's 50 on eyeballs. a 40-acre 40, 40 – or on a four-acre food plot, that's a lot of pressure. Well, it's a lot of pressure. Move. You can't move. It's, it's difficult to film too, much less draw a bow. But but there's always lookers. Like there's you know, some deer have their heads down, but there's always some that have their head up. And that deer who maybe you're moving in a tree, like oh I'm good, I'm good. There's a deer on the far side of the field, and they see you, and you can't possibly scan 25 deer every single time you you move an arm or uh, put the binos up. But like there's some someone's looking all the time. You just have to be on edge yourself but but not to a standpoint of like I need to scan constantly let the deer reveal to you what's happening what's occurring in and around you and then when they're calm they're going to tell you exactly where to basically move your attention to may not have to move your whole head maybe it just be a glancing over um, with your eyes but how many you you guys had deer right underneath you we had deer literally underneath the canopy of the cedar that we are in. I mean, yeah. I, I, if you know, if wanted to, could have spit on them. They're that close. Yeah. Multiple. Killed them with spear. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, that's fun, but that's nerve-wracking. I don't like it. I don't like it either because I'm just waiting for that moment of <sighs> and gone, yeah. out of here. But it's – you don't, like, just sit still. Yeah. You don't get fidgety. 
Yeah. Because I, how Stop many times? Stop trying to. When a deer looks over there, don't you don't have to look over there to confirm it. Correct. Correct. Watch their body and be like, okay, it's a deer. They put their head down. It's not a threat. It's so I'm I'm watching a couple bucks and they look over and they and they kind of shoulder up or ears go back. It's probably a younger buck than what they are. Yeah. But if they push a little, start walking, it's an older buck than what they are, or at least a more aggressive buck. May, yeah. Maybe I need to now move attention over that way. But yep. if I don't, I don't need to. Um, what are some of the other observations? I know I know Seth had has had a, a long term, let's say, electric fence up on that field um, for many years now. But earlier this year, the battery died, hasn't been replaced. What were the deer doing on that, in regards to that fence? Oh, going right through it. And it, 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 it was more of an obstacle, like a pain for them to get into it. But it didn't in any way deter them from going into it. And Everyone like, that wanted to get in got in. Got in. We had one buck walk up later on in the evening, probably a three-year-old. He walked up. And it was almost like it was his first time seeing that fence in a while. Yeah. Or, you know, when they shed their velvet, they become a totally different animal. Mm-hmm. Um, he may have bounced over it many times during the summer. Because uh, I believe that fence was up trying to protect beans, correct? No, I don't okay. think it was. It was up it's, trying it's, to protect. It's been up for a okay. long time. So that fence he's had up for years. Now yeah. he's changed it. Changed it's it. It's not and your most traditional three strand. No, no. Uh, you know, the, the typical electric fence to keep deer out is a, let me make sure I get I this it's right. It's a one, one wire that yeah. is uh, on the outside that's most likely poly uh, tape. Poly tape, so a flat piece that flaps in the wind. Inch and a half, and two it's inch about, wide. Uh, it's about 24 yep. inches high. And then you go three foot in, and you've got a wire poly braid at 18 and 32 36, or 36. Yep. Now, for some reason, deer could just hop right over that, but they don't. It's the vision. And in my it's... experience, which has been dozen-plus electric fences, it's not that you're going to keep all of the deer out no. all year long whenever the fence is up. You're going to keep most of the deer out for hopefully most of the season, but if food is limited, it's just a matter of time before they get in. They will get in. <laughs> and it so even at, even we've said this on the podcast before, we're not fans of fences. Um, for a lot of reasons, but it's a major investment as far as you're invest you're fencing deer out of an area of their home range, so you can have better hunting later. And a lot of times, deer get in it anyway, and so and it's always like typically it's whenever it's getting close to the time to open the fence up, they get in, and you're like, well, great. They got in when I wasn't here for two weeks, and I didn't know it, and now I just, they ate everything. Take, take, I let's just remove, I do let's not just like remove fences. all that from, from the equation. Just say simply, what more times than not, though, I would say almost 8 out of 10 times or even more, 80% plus. Let's say you save half acre, acre stuff, beans, greens, whatever it is, 
I still don't think it ever like really results in a mature deer walking through daylight hours and killing it. That, that is like very, very rare that that actually comes to fruition. Even a, when's the last time you saw, and, and <laughs> how do I say this? I don't watch much TV anymore, but I have started watching YouTube yeah. more because um, I would much rather support all the guys doing hunting than some of the other stuff that's out there. And I, I'm so sick of everything going on in the world. So I watch YouTube. And I'm watching all these hunting shows. When's the last time you saw a hunting show? a lot of good show? quality stuff on YouTube, too. There's some <laughs> funny stuff. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of great hunt, hunting uh, shows that yeah. are just good old boys doing it. And I, my hat's off to them. There's some I've, I've been entertained by some of these guys. Now, um, when's the last time you saw somebody actually open up an electric fence and shoot a deer coming into it? It's been Seth Harker's uh, probably one of the only guys that I can think of that killed a good deer coming into beans that were protected from a fence. And, and that deer jumped it, didn't he? He had laid sticks over it, and so it just had to walk over the mm-hmm. wires that were on the ground. But that's the last one I know. It's been, and it's it been, took single digits or teens with well, snow that's, on that's, the ground. That's the same. That's it. Uh, it's like it's a major investment of time. There is the investment of money, and nine times out of ten, I don't ever see it work for the goals that have been set up. Like, hey, we're putting this fence up. Late season, we're going to open up the fence, or we're going to take it down, and deer are going to pour in. Almost never see it happen. No. And Seth's is a perfect example. As I sit there and watch that, I'm like, fence is no longer hot. And and let's deer crawling through it, hopping over it. They have no fear of it. So even when he turns it on. They ain't stopping them. No, because most of them jumped it anyhow. So it's like, you know, the money thing, okay, whatever. Throw, invest in it to to have additional opportunities. But at the end of the day, I I just don't see it work enough that it's like, okay, that that was worth the time. Um, But, again, we're all busy. Batteries fail, solar chargers, whatever, wires get chewed, stuff happens. Like, it's just, it's never... uh, and it just never seems to. I'll just boil it down to this. It just never seems to pan out that you kill them in in in, in a in a fenced off, hot wired area. Um, it, there's just something the guards up, and they just never never quite pan out. I guess. Um, but yeah, those deer were not caring one bit at all that hey, there's uh, there's fences here, and trying to stop them. Whether it's visual, um, they're walking through them or hopping it. It did not matter. And, then, yeah. and his is beefed up. I mean, it's... it's well, so we we mentioned that it's a little bit different. It's your traditional three-foot gap. You've, you've got the 18, to, uh, the 18, 24, and 36-inch yeah. wires. But then he's got another one that's what? What do you think? 48 inches? I would say close to 50. It's just uh, <laughs> 48, 50, close to 50, whatever. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, right like, it's, it's on up there. Yeah. And so... Uh, um, you know, trying to prevent deer from jumping it. Now it's no longer hot, but you've got all that wire around there, and it's not working. And it's like, okay, well, and I don't even think he cares. No. But it's like the the chance that you're going to have to re-educate all these deer that you can't do that, not going to happen. Well, not only that, it's just a further, and and we're, we're building up. We're building up to another podcast here in the coming weeks. Um, you've probably seen stuff on social media. But just 
the further investment into food plots may not yield that result that you're looking for down the road. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just you're you're putting more in, more in, more in, but like is that result Oh there? yeah. How many guys can you know, Seth's a busy guy with his with his business. He can't check that fence every week. And yeah. here you have this this area that's been fenced off, and now he's got to devote the time to take it all down yeah. because it's a lost cause of trying to get it to turn deer. I'll say this, and if you have had success with it, please share it. Send it to um, the info at landlegacy.tv. I'd love, I'd or love to read social media, Land yeah. Legacy. I'd love to uh, to see pictures and hear the story, but um, our experiences have been very minimal success. Bigger time investment um, for for poor results, let's say, or undesired yeah. results. Um, what other observations did you see from like an early season standpoint? One um, thing, the, the one of the big things about that food plot in particular that I like is, you know, it's early season. It's still warm. They have winter coats on most yeah, of them by yeah. now. Um, it's you know, it was a bright sunny day, mid seventies is the high. Thanks a lot, dog. Good yeah. to see you. I'm glad you're joining us on this podcast. Thank you, Fables. Um, but the great thing is, think about it. Thirty plus deer that we saw last night, well before, well before dark. What's that tell yeah. you? You have an attractive food source, and deer are bedded somewhat close to that. Yep. But when you have a forty acre clear cut, or however big it is, even if it's twenty acres or three acres. You have deer bedding close enough that they feel comfortable to go to this overbrowsed food plot and be in it till dark. Yeah. Now, I think there's a lot of people that don't experience that. For one, they don't have the deer numbers that Seth has. Two, they don't have the quality cover that Seth has with yeah. uh, extensive timber management. So you've got a clear cut. You've had thinning. The other thing is... Uh, when you look at his food plot edge, especially the side that we hunted, there's shrubs everywhere. Oh, you yeah. know, you've got uh, spice bush. Yep. Um, you've got young oaks, which are forming as a, as a growing in a shrubby um, component. There were some plums, a lot of sumac. Um, there's a soft edge, uh, especially on that north side, and then of course on the on the east side, which is by that um, clear cut. So you have the ability for deer to feel comfortable and have a food source that's highly selected to where deer are just comfortable there. And I think if you were to sit there all day, you'd probably see deer coming and going throughout the day. And you don't get that with a food plot in the middle of the timber that's closed canopy hardwoods with no cover anywhere close. You'll get the occasional deer move, but you won't get it to the same degree because deer feel comfortable, close to cover, and especially if you have a quality food source surrounded with cover. Mm-hmm. And that's what that 360 buffet is. That's well, why it's good every single year. That, but then also, when I when we hunted it, and you 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 talked about it a little bit earlier, is they hopped. Let, let's say they got a little spooky, a little edgy. Yeah. They wind shift a little bit. A little sporty. Yeah, they got a little sporty. But a couple times we had three, four, five, six deer run to the edge of the food plot and they stopped. Like just in the in the edge of the food plot. Because of that shrubby 
dense component right there adjacent to it. They didn't have to bust through, you know, 200 yards to get away from whatever they thought may have been danger. They got to the edge because there was adequate cover there. Three, four minutes later, things calmed back down, walked right back out. Yeah. They didn't have to blow out of the country to get away from the danger. They simply go to the edge, wait, sniff, come back out. Like, it's all fine. But you can't have that type of interaction of of deer coming in and out frequently without there being cover adjacent to the edge of the Absolutely. That's super key. Hold them tight. Hold them close. Make them feel comfortable. And you'll have them the deer move in and out. Because, like, how many times... And Seth and I talked about this quite a bit, but like, man, I, I, in in the years hunting, I've had deer blow at me, blow at different things, and it almost is like attracted other deer to come. Like there's there's still a sense of curiosity, and I think in a, in, a, in an area where deer just f- are very very frequent, they communicate to each other very differently, and like. Sometimes you have those just outright deer that there's, without question, they just blow, and it's, like, very loud and very distinct, and it's like, wow, they know something's wrong. But then other times, it's like this softer, like, hey, I'm going to, something's just a little weird. It's like it's like a, you ever think there's deer in the deer herd that's like the boy who cried wolf? Yeah. Where there's that doe that's just like. Karen, <laughs> yeah. Karen, there's the Karen of the yeah. Dill crew. Yeah. Like, why are you always on full alert? Yeah. Like, oh, we're yeah. in a food plot. We're here every night, but Just you're always blowing at paranoid. Something. Yeah, there's paranoid. Um, but I think that and they you s- can see those deer. Like last night, oh. as soon as there was a doe that stepped out, and I'm they like, don't know that they don't step out. It's like they strut. Yeah, it's like. Whoa. Yeah, we had one of those. Thankfully, she didn't come to our side of the food plot, but it's just like, I know if she comes over here, I'm going to have to convince him to shoot Mm -hmm. her. Yeah. But no, there's definitely those deer, but but they do, like, like when you have that cover around that food plot, they can't visually see each other, so they can't see if a tail goes up for the alarm call or or they they wiggle it because there's, you know, we're all comfortable, we're all safe here. That other type of deer behavior that's visual from one animal to the next. But sometimes they'll do uh, like that really soft blow, like the, and yeah. it's like, okay, I'm here, you're there, and then they just like again if that covers right right there adjacent to the food pot, they'll just filter back in, and we had that happen a time or two. Was never this just like blow, and and it be super loud, aggressive, and it just clears the field completely. It was like this soft like hey, something's not right, but let me just go stand here for a second, chill out. And I'll work back in. Deer just, they they have to communicate with each other. They do it visually, yep. but they also do it audibly, too. We heard we heard fawn bleats the other night. Um, Seth kept saying he heard, uh, he heard grunting last night. Now, hmm. I'll share when we transition into why I didn't hear them in a little bit. But, yeah, very vocal, both with... Actual audible sounds, and then also with body characteristics or body, um, and not not grunting as like hey chasing receptive doe grunting, but like deer, that's how they talk. Yeah, like like just because it's a grunt and everyone thinks oh early November grunting, no no no, it's different types of communication that they're having with one another. Yeah, sparring 
another thing. You could say, oh, they're rattling or they're they're fighting. No, they're not fighting. They're just sparring, preparing for yeah. what's to come. Anyhow, wrestling like brothers. <laughs> yeah, um, wrestling. Yeah, so I didn't hear the grunting because, as you guys heard on last week's podcast, we're testing some ozonics. Now we've used them in the past, <laughs> still using them, uh, or testing them more this year. Uh, we've got Seth and I were running two units on boost mode, so a little bit more ozone was being dumped out. Yeah. Um, and I was setting uh, higher. But the stands aren't close together between Seth and I. So, like, if he stood up, his head was, like, at the top of my boot laces. Oh, wow. And so, if I if I knelt down and, like, kind of, like, <laughs> squatted down on my platform and he was standing up, yeah, I was still two, three foot tall. My head higher. was two, three yeah. foot higher. Um, so, we were a good ways away. Now, we <laughs> ran... Um, Ran those, and I told him, I said, it's a lot like ozonics make a sound. Obviously, there's a yeah. fan, there's a motor. It's it's trying to pump out. Um, it's <laughs> trying to pump out. We need to get sponsored by um, Claritin. Claritin. Um, Come through, man. Work for me. But uh, there's a there's a hum. There's a yeah. There's a there's a, there's a sound to it. A fan yep. sound. Some people. That's one of the negatives. You'll hear people say, "Well, they're loud," but. I mean, we had deer five, ten foot away from us. <laughs> really? You didn't even try on I didn't that one. Try. I, didn't think, <laughs> I um, didn't think it was actually going to come out. And so Sorry, guys. Uh, I can tell by the look of your face it's coming out. Blow the out. out. Um, remind me never to put that headset on. Um, <laughs> COVID. But, you uh, you know, there's a sound. And we had deer ten foot away. I asked Seth, I said, what's your opinion? You know, like, yeah. do you think they hear it? And he said, in the middle, like, when leaves are off and it's dead calm, which – I don't like hunting on those days. Anyway. No, no. Um, he said you might hear. He said, but it's almost like it blends in where it's if they noise. walk in really slow, like, and they kind of pick up on it. It's not like they, like, it's a new sound. It's just like as they walked in closer, it it's almost gotten louder sounds and like wind. Yeah, to them. And so we had him running, and I told him I said because one of his was like eye level with me. Oh yeah. And so mine was just <laughs> right above me. Yeah. So I said, basically take two cups and stick them over my ears, and I hear the sound of the ocean. Yeah, yeah. And so I couldn't hear some of those soft sounds. Right. Now, my hearing sucks anyway, so it's not like I could have probably even heard them anyway. But um, when you throw the ozonics on there, I, I didn't stand a chance. So you only had, you've had one night. One night with you them. Ran, but you ran, ran it twice. What what was your observation? Did you guys have a wind switch at all? Because I, I I have some comments or observations from from the times that I've been out. What what did you think? So if you were to just take a, a piece of paper and put a black dot and say that's our hunting location, and then you draw lines and you say most of the evening uh, before dark or before sunset the wind was northeast. So you could draw kind of a diagonal across that paper and say, this yeah. is the direction of our scent. Yeah. Occasionally, we'd get hit with a little bit going north to south. Mm -hmm. And so now our scent is blowing south and southwest. Yeah. Um, and then as the wind stopped, the way the scent was like the prevailing wind or the, the wind that we were supposed to get, the jet stream was carrying going west. The wind was out of the east. 
So if the winds stopped, our scent blew straight west. So pretty much over the course of two and a half hours, our scent was going south, southwest, or west. Mm-hmm. Now, take that black dot and start putting stars where we had deer throughout the night. We had deer to our southwest, to our a lot of deer to our south. We had deer directly underneath us, just south of us. We had deer north of us. We had deer pretty much everywhere minus due west. Due west. We yeah. had one west-southwest. So just like if you yeah. go, draw, if you stick your arm out and point straight west and you go like one tick just yeah. just just south, we had deer come out. Four deer come out right there. They didn't smell us. So it's like. Typically, I'd tell you Ozark Mountain Deer don't like that. Um, if if the wind is that finicky, but those deer were fine. We had one deer early on come out and go. She walked. She was coming straight from the from the south, walking straight north, and then she cut and headed to our southwest. So she was going right downwind, and at a time where the wind was blowing, and she stopped. And threw her nose up and kind of did that like head turn, yeah. like she's really trying to fill her, fill her uh, nose up with scent. And she caught wind of something, but she did that like little skip and went 50 yards to the east, and then went back to feeding. Still in the plot. Still in the plot. Stayed in the plot for as long as I could keep track of her. Yeah. And that to me is like, that's what you go for. If you're gonna have a deer smell you, you want them to at least think you're. Further away, you're a, f- a threat further away than you are right there where you're actually at. I think and I always try to do like the whole because I have many similar instances with deer absolutely downwind, and it was not ever like blowing just get out of there kind of thing. Yeah. Never had that. It was more of like a curiosity, like some something's not quite right here. Let me figure this thing out. Um, I'm going to take a step away from feeding for a second and, and, and do this. But I always try to make like the uh, uh, analogy of like the, the parts per million kind of thing. Like it is so – your scent is so dissipated in that wind where they're at because of the ozone that it seems like you're really far away and that there's not an immediate threat. It's just like somewhere in that direction – there's there's human and it, it, it's a long ways off. It's very almost minuscule, but I'm not. I'm gonna I'm gonna move. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stay in that in that uh, scent, scent channel. I guess uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna move out of here. But I'm not gonna run. I'm not terrified. I'm not scared for my life. Kind of thing. It just puts them on edge for a second and moves them away. Um, and no, like I guess Ozonics. That's not the only scent prevention that we're doing. We're taking a lot of other precautions, but I've also there's even 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 with all the other precautions, like you're, one, you're still producing some scent. Like you can't get rid of all of it. But um like it's it's I don't I don't want like I'm not a hundred percent like believer like, oh you have to be running it. Yeah. But it's one of those like dang I probably should be getting like blown out right now. Like I should yeah. probably like this. I that th- deer shouldn't be sitting there right now, and and acting like that. 
I, I, that's when, all. When say. you talk Ozonics, it's either people say oh, it's a gimmick, or guys say, "Is it really worth the money?" And it's like, it's very hard to say yes, it's worth the money. No, it's not worth the money because it's doing something that's very hard to detect if it if it's truly working or not working. It's like you could use it twenty hunts and say, "I don't think it's worth it." But a Boone and Crockett buck steps out oh, yeah. and starts acting a little funny, but he hangs around long enough for you to get a shot, and you're going to say, it's money well spent. Not knowing if it was truly the Ozonics or not. I don't like there's Like, from a hunting situation and from a wild, f- free-ranging deer, like, you can't, like, do a study no. that was, like, unequivocally it's not this like, works. Yeah. You could throw in, you know, like, I'm gonna dye this oz these ozone molecules, and so it's it's blue, and so yeah, you see right. this like blue smoke go down there. Oh, the blue smoke's in the deer's nose, and it's not spooky. Ha, got it. Yeah, but no. so here's what I think. Like, you know, when you look at the price of ozonics, they're a couple hundred bucks. It's like I think they're some of them are even more than a couple hundred bucks. It's like nah, I don't know if that's worth it or not, but. If there's a time where there's a good deer standing downwind and he blows out of there, you're probably going to say, I should have had it. Well, or I wish I'd have had it. Man, and it so here's what years. I'm going to say. Ozonics probably be the best way to get an Ozonics is a gift. It's one of those where it's like, you didn't buy it, somebody got it for you, and you're like, now I have one and I didn't spend <laughs> yeah. it on. Yeah. Or or save up, go like, I want gift cards. Yeah. I want Cabela's or Bass Pro gift cards, and then I'll buy one with that. Um, but no, I... I I think that there's definitely some. Let me say, that. I'll I'll reveal my final answer at the end of the season. But so far, I believe there's some benefits. I've seen some some deer reacting in ways that are telling me that there's some benefit to this. That there's some there's some um, useful. It's useful to carry with you. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. I, For there's sure. Especially like like with a hunt like Chad and I had last night where basically all the chips are in and you're counting everything to work. Yeah, I'm going to have it with me. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm going to make sure that that, that is in there because I want everything. I need everything to be working in my favor for this whole kit and caboodle to come together. Yeah. But mm-hmm. anyhow. Oh, well, I hope everybody's enjoying their fall so far. It's not even fall yet. That's th- When is fall? Tom- what nope. is today? Tomorrow? Isn't it the 21st? It, yeah, I guess it would be the 21st. Tomorrow! Yay! Yeah. So hopefully everybody's enjoying Woo-hoo. the f- first or second day of fall when you listen to this podcast. Um, hopefully uh, you guys are getting out and enjoying some hunts or soon to be soon to be a lot of um, a lot of states will open up here don't be like matt weeks. or a lot of us and i've been majorly uh, incredibly guilty of this in the past not so much this year because because of uh my current situation but um enjoy your time out there try yeah. not to try not to get put too much pressure on yourself to kill fill tags see deer just enjoy your time out there that's the point of it it's god's gift to us of of uh, being in his creation. Without um, a doubt. Go to YouTube. I feel stupid. We haven't even talked about it yet. We need oh, to go man. to YouTube yeah. and uh, subscribe. A lot of videos. We're going to have a lot more hunts coming up there. Um, 
We posted some habitat stuff there in the last couple of weeks. A lot of really good comments from guys yeah. saying they enjoy it, and and you know as we get more our feet under us on the on the whole po- video series, you'll see us probably take some of our podcasts and then go do it in a video, so you can watch that, listen that podcast, watch that video, and get a really good understanding of what it is we talk about on this podcast. Very so specific much. visual cues as to like this is what we're talking about on the podcast when yeah. you hear us talk about that it is this right here in the flesh go create this yeah <laughs> or 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 don't do this <laughs> one, yeah. one of the two but um no the video has been been awesome and i'm excited to get some hunting content up there too because uh hopefully i mean we're we're sitting here recording Chad's in a tree with a good he's, opportunity. You've seen me on my phone. He's texting me because yeah. he's self-filming. Poor Chad. He doesn't <laughs> film a lot. Now we're sending him out self-filming. I can't wait to see this. I mean, I hope to goodness he kills that deer. I just told him, I said. But it's going to be funny. To, no I just matter can't, I can't what. I can't wait to get, a, to get the story. Yeah. No matter what happens, just hit record on all three. Yep. And we'll work it out. We'll make it work. We'll make yeah. it work. But, but the good thing is that tree and the way he's got it set up, it's it'll be it'll be relatively easy to self film out of it. Relatively easy. I know that that's kind of self filming and easy usually are paired together in the same sentence, but still it'll be it'll be pretty good. So best wishes to him. Hopefully we'll have some success um to share here on the next couple podcasts. But um hope everyone's safe out there. For sure. Guys, thank you for everything. We'll catch you next week.